Hello, lovely ladies. Welcome to the Lessons I Learned podcast, where I share what I've learned and am still learning about marriage, mothering, friendship, health and wellness, spiritual growth, and everything in between. I'll be learning right along with you, as many of my guests have such great things to say. So get ready to listen, grow, be open and teachable, and get ready to learn and have fun doing it. Today, your mind will be blown. If you're into health and wellness on any level, you're going to love listening to my guest, Dr. Rob Tomlinson, and you will definitely learn some new things. Here's the interview. All right. Thank you so much for tuning into the Lessons I Learned podcast. And I know I've been saying I'm excited about every guest, but genuinely, genuinely, I am super giddy to be talking to this man today. Now, most of my guests have been women, um, but I have um, Dr. Robert Tomlinson joining me today. Hi, Dr. Rob. Hi. Thank you. <laughs> I'm so glad uh, we finally connected because I know we tried um, earlier a couple weeks ago, but this, so this is like our rain date. Um, uh, but um, first of all, you had a cat emergency, right? Or dog emergency. My, how- my little doggy. Yep. Yeah. Is he doing all right or how's he doing? She's much better. She's just like a little puppy again. Yeah. So uh-huh. she, she got... Um, she got a virus that spread very quickly through her body, and then she wasn't able to walk within two days and got a very high fever. And Anyway, we, we took care of her. She's fine now. She's like a little pup again. Good, good. Good to hear. Um, <laughs> well, Dr. Rob is here with me on this podcast, and I just know that every listener is going to be just um, gobsmacked. Just you're gonna your draw your jaws are going to drop when you hear Dr. Rob speak um, because what he has to say is um, I know whenever so Dr. Rob is my naturopath. He's been our doctor for several years, many years actually. And every time I'm in the office with you, Dr. Rob, it's just like um, drinking out of a fire hose. Is that the right ex- expression? <laughs> As far as our health is concerned, um, and you've opened my eyes and our family's eyes so much to this way, um, just how the body works and how God has created our body, and it's fascinating. And um, so I'll just tell our listeners quick how we we kind of cross paths, and then I'm going to let you share with them all about yourself and what you do. Um, so first of all, I would say it's probably been over a decade since I first um saw you as a patient. Um, How that happened was a friend of ours uh, who I knew was just like deathly allergic to cats, like had a terrible cat allergy. Um, And I had seen how he responded to that normally. Um, One day came home and, or actually was at a friend's house and grabbed the, our friend, our neighbor's cat, and rubbed the cat in his face, which normally would have made his face explode. And we were all going, what on earth are you doing? And he shared, he went to this naturopath, and um, this naturopath, which is you, had created a technology to reverse allergies, which I was fascinated about because um, I myself has, have dealt with many um, you know, seasonal allergies, animal allergies, and that was my first kind of 
contact point with you was um, you actually treated some of my seasonal and pet allergies, um, which was incredible. And I'm going to let you kind of explain how you do that later on. But um, fast forward about 10 years, um, I get put um, beside you coincidentally, maybe not uh, not coincidentally, um, <laughs> He gets we my husband and I get put um, beside you and your wife at a dinner, um, and we you know half of the conversation I wasn't even thinking about you know ten years prior that I had seen you um, for this, and I we get talking and in conversation, and I'm telling you about my son's um, very severe milk and gluten allergy that we had just discovered, and. Um, wouldn't you know, you had this technology and halfway through the dinner, my husband says to me, isn't that the guy that treated your allergies? And I said, oh my goodness, it is. And um, so fast forward 10 years, we brought Brayden, our youngest into you, who um, before seeing you, uh, couldn't have a milk solid, nothing milk or gluten in his body without having a terrible reaction, um, which was just really weighing on us. Um, and here we brought him to you. And I think within three treatments, he now eats ice cream like a champ. And most people that know know him before and after are amazed. Um, so that's kind of just a brief setup. But I would love for you to just share, because um, I know all the listeners are going, what on earth? <laughs> Is that even possible? Um, and so share with the listeners um, what you do and the technology cr you created in order to make this happen, and then we'll go from there. Okay. Well, first off, I have to say, Daniel has blown up my ego and my head <laughs> to the point where you're going to get disappointed when you hear me talk. Not at all. Not, Secondly, I, I want to know who your friend is, so I'll keep my dog away from him. I don't want him rubbing my dog in his face. And, <laughs> but lastly, um, yeah, I, I remember you came to me and you sat for the longest time. And I think I recognized you, but I have this face that, you know, my mom said, I've got a perfect face for radio, so it's easy to forget anyway. But yes, I do have, um, we have an operation. We work out of Oakville, Ontario, but we have about 200 locations across Canada and the U.S. right now right. that uh, operate. And it's known as BIE, which stands for Bioenergetic Intolerance Elimination. And uh, we're not legally allowed to eliminate allergies but we talked to our health canada which is equivalent to your fda in the states right and I, I i said okay we can't say we work with allergies but can we work with the human body and bring the body into a balanced state and when it's in the balanced state it's able to recognize the difference between good and bad harmful and non-harmful deal with it accordingly and heal itself yes you can do that okay that's what we'll do so really i haven't changed anything i've ever done i just do the same thing uh, as I've always been doing before, but we were calling it allergy. People are coming in with allergies and they're leaving and they don't have allergies anymore. Did I actually treat their allergy? No, I didn't. And that's not a play on words. Mm -hmm. It's simply just, uh, for the lack of a better way to explain it, BIE helps a person's body to recognize the culprit that's causing the problem or the illness. And when the body's able to recognize it, it knows if it's good or bad or not and deals with it. And then the body is actually heals its own symptoms. Um, so really, you know, I get heralded as this 
well, some people call me a witch doctor, but some <laughs> people just say, this doctor is going to help you. I really just am a facilitator. It, the body is, has, is this amazing healing machine that can heal itself of virtually anything as long as it knows what the culprit is. And so our technology um, takes the substance, once we determine what you have a problem with, and we put it on the machine, and it runs an electrical current. So it's a, there's a metal plate on top. It's an electrical plate, and it puts it on top. So it may grasses or ice cream or whatever it would be. Runs a current through it, identifies it, because everything has its own unique molecular vibration rate. And it's called a signature fingerprint, without getting too many too technical on you. It just it just measures it and then translates that vibration into electrical impulse. And uh, it's a very, very gentle, very subtle electrical impulse that we put in the body. You can't even feel it. And then the body recognizes it. So for the lack of a better way to explain this, it's very comparable to, or, or I could say it, it's, it's like, almost like I'm giving electronic vaccines. Now, vaccines is a, a scary word for a lot of people. I don't use needles. Right. It's it's a and as you've seen yourself, I mean the kids do it and they're sitting nice and relaxed and having a good time. Oh, yeah. And it takes literally about three and a half minutes. And once we imprint the signature of of uh, ice cream back into the body, the body recognizes. So the next time you eat it, you don't hyper react. The immune system's not really hyper reacting to it. So right. it's it's almost like a strange man stalking around your backyard. And you have no idea, what is this strange man doing in my backyard at nighttime? Now, most guys will say, give me a baseball bat or a golf club, I'm going to go after this guy. But what if he's got a gun or a knife? Mm. So it's better to call the police when you don't recognize something, you think he's potentially dangerous, and then the police come and deal with it. That's exactly what the body's doing. I don't know what this is. I think it's potentially dangerous, so I'm going to call in the immune system. And that's what's happening. So when the body really fails to recognize a harmless substance, now that man could have been there looking for his kid's baseball that he knocked over the fence. And he's your neighbor from two doors down, and he's looking around. With, he didn't want to ring your doorbell at 10 o'clock at night. So he decided to sneak in the back and because his kid's crying. He wants his baseball back. Oh, okay, I didn't want to use a flashlight. I didn't want to alarm them. I just want to find this baseball and get out of there. But you caught him sneaking around your backyard misunderstood him that he was harmless, didn't want to do any harm, and called the police on him. And that is what an allergy is, essentially. Mm. It's your body hyperreacting to a harmless substance. So really all we want to do is help the body to understand that's a harmless substance, potentially. I mean, if you want to get into the issue of ice cream, like you said, you're not going to eat a lot of ice cream. Just once in a while is fine. Yeah, once in a while could be harmful, but... You know, occasionally it's not going to hurt. But simple things like grass, uh, tree pollen, everybody should be able to breathe some of it in, and it shouldn't harm them. It shouldn't hyperreact. Uh, the immune system shouldn't hyperreact to it. And your body should be able to adapt to it and, and to be able to handle it. But some people just can't do that. Their body just doesn't recognize it. Or sometimes, I know you've explained to me and you can explain to the listeners, what's the thing that usually is the trigger? Um, and I've, I've heard you use the analogy of like a person eating an apple while ta having a certain type of conversation on a phone. Mm -hmm. um, and so I, we've learned um, often what sets things off is, is um, stress. Right, right. right. Well, um, here you are on a phone 
let's forget the phone right now. I'm eating an apple, and okay. and it's it's great. I'm you know I'm eating an apple. It breaks down into into my body, and my my body absorbs it through the cells. Well, it's recognized and identified as apple by the body. During a stressful situation, let's say I just got rear-ended in a, at a stop sign by a car behind me. Now we have to phone the tow truck company and the police. And while I'm sitting there waiting, I'm eating an apple because it's my lunchtime. And, but, but normally, uh, my body would recognize the apple. During that stressful event, my body says, ah, this is such a stressful event. And it, it identifies the apple, ah, anything you're exposed to during a stressful event ha, you must be the culprit. Mm. And I was eating an apple at the time. And so the body says, apple, you're the problem. I'm blocking you. Had nothing to do with it. But the fact is it was present on the crime scene or the stressful situation that you're under. So the body automatically associates the apple with stress and blocks it. That's the body's ineptability to protect itself from going for the same stressful experience again. So stress is a huge part of it, and I, and I don't know if you know anybody who's under stress, but <laughs> no, we, not we all are. <laughs> so, I mean, that happens. So what do we do when we're stressed? We want to eat. We want to snack. We want to eat something. And that's how so many people develop a food intolerance. Right. Well, anything that you're exposed to, I don't care. What was I? And your body says, what a horrible day that was. Uh, what was I eating? Okay, block that. What was I drinking? Okay, block that. What was I breathing in? Okay, block that. And and here's the really weird thing, and that nobody's probably heard of this theory before, but the body just doesn't block things outside the body endogenously. It blocks things, uh, or exogenously, it blocks endogenous things within the body as well. So you can develop an intolerance to something inside the body as easily as you can outside the body. Mm. So you can, what, what vitamins was I taking and block those, what Hormones was I taking and block those? What minerals? Bang, bang, bang. And your body starts blocking things. And that is what happens with people and said, I don't know what, I can't metabolize uh, calcium now, or I'm not uh, regulating my hormones properly. My, my estrogen's off. My body's not recognizing, my body's rejecting estrogen um, or testosterone or any kind of vitamin or mineral. That happens all the time. Mm. And I see countless people, we, we all do, our, our 100, 200 clinics are always mentioning that the weirdest things come in. People come in with the weirdest things. But it seems to be when that person was exposed to that substance, uh, or they became intolerant to that substance, I should say, at a time of a great stress in their body. And if you ask them, they will go back, yeah, yeah, oh, that's happened about three weeks ago. I've been really reacting to this. What stressful event did you go through about three weeks ago? Oh, yeah, well, we just moved or I just started school or something happened, you know, right. some stressful event. Yeah, wow. I'm so glad I have this on recording now because I've tried to explain this to countless people and now I can just say, listen to the podcast. Um, oh, so, instead of the, this voodoo guy. Yeah, the witch oh, doctor. Witch doctor. <laughs> it's funny because, and I know, you know, there's words that are thrown around, you know, you say words like energy and often sometimes Christians or people of the faith would automatically reject it. But oh. Truly, it's set, it, number one, it's a scientific thing, and really, it's the way that the Lord created our body. Exactly. And, um, you know, so you're not, you're describing not just something to do with allergies and intolerances, but it's truly um, helping, this technology is helping diseases of many kind. You call it the software of our body. Maybe you can under, uh, explain to people the difference between that and how, how that technology can help countless things and what things you have to offer 
um, people of you know all, with all at many different ailments. Okay. Well, here's something that you can run by any doctor, any scientist, and they can't really disagree with this. Let's take a look at my computer. My computer is anything that I can see and touch and feel. That's the hardware. Now, um, there's another component to that computer. It's called software. It's an invisible essence that flows around through that soft from that computer, and it gives its intelligence, and it starts making it work. Well, if you've never heard of a computer before, that sounds pretty creepy, kind of woo-woo, you know, but that's, that's how a computer works. That's, that invisible essence that flows through is called software. You can't see it, but it gives it its intelligence. Now, there are two components to that. You don't call a hardware technician in to fix a hardware problem. You don't take. You don't call a software technician to fix a hardware problem. You don't call a hardware technician to fix a software problem. They they both have their place. Now, medical doctors are very similar to your hardware technicians. Uh, many close friends of mine are hardware doctors, or I should say, hardware technicians. They're medical doctors, and they deal with the, you know, you break your leg or you rip your finger off or whatever. You go to these doctors; they know what to do with that. Me, I'd pass out. You don't don't come running to me with a rip your finger off. I'd pass out from the blood. <laughs> However, there how the body works is through what's called a software. We have a software in our own bodies, and people would shake their head. What are you talking about? Well, okay. Uh, inside the body, it's not like a natural geographic uh, film of this. You can't see inside the body where the natural geographic's all lit up and it's nice colors and you can see the, you know, the diagram of how the, the blood flows to the body. No, it's nothing like that. It's completely black in the body. There is no light in it. So how does the cell know when something goes by it in the bloodstream, what's good, what's bad? And what to take in, and when it does take it in, how does it break it down, utilize it, build tissue, dump toxins, reproduce? Who told it to do that? How does it know to do that? How come the cells act like little mini computers? Because they get their information from the brain. And, and, uh, and I've even asked my friends who are medical doctors, how does that happen? Well, the brain is talking, telling it to do that. How does the brain talk to it? With electrical impulses. Right. So the brain is sending out electrical impulses. It communicates to every cell in the body and every cell communicates to each other with electricity. So that is the software. That's the language of the body. So once we find out what a person has a problem with and once we've identified it, then we put it on the machine and it transmits or, or it converts the vibration into electrical impulse, which is the language of the body. And then we imprint it back into the body so the body recognizes it. So it's, it's, um, it's a very subtle energy, but it has to be, if you want the body to recognize something, it has to be communicated with the body's language, which is electrical impulse. So that's what we send into the cells, which is very gentle. And that, that may sound scary to some people, electrical. I don't want to get shocked. No. The current, you, you're, the amount of, of energy that we put in the body would be less than if you were to hold a 9-volt battery in your hand. It's, yeah. it's, it's, it's so yeah. light. And you've seen it. have done it many times. And, yeah, it's not scary at all. So it's some of the things we've seen, I mean, we don't treat any medical condition or disease, but people come in with all kinds of things from arthritis to migraines to chronic digestive issues. Um, they, 
the list goes on and on and on. We're getting them coming in with every kind of ailment you can think of from A to Z. Okay. And uh, when we were able to balance the body, the body fixes itself. It's remarkable how fast it works. But we try to, we always say we always try to get rid of our patients as fast as we can, not because we don't want to see them again. It's just that we want this to work very quickly so you don't have to come back again and again and again. And uh, I, we always like to treat our patients like our own family members. If you're not, I'm not going to try to come have you come back a hundred times. I don't want you to think that I'm trying to make pull money out of you. We literally try to get rid of our clients as fast as we can. Oh, you think, well, that's not a good business sense, the way to do it. But we do that to show people that we're trying to fix this. And things turn around very rapidly in the body. I'll give you an example. Um, had some kid come in with uh, a, a urinary tract infection. And so we had them bring in a urine sample in a little cup. We put it on the plate. Now, I don't know what bacteria there is. I'm not treating the bacteria. I just want the body to recognize the bacteria that's in that urine. So they put the urine sample on the plate. We imprinted it in the body. There's no urine going in the body. It's just the frequency of that urine and that, and that bacteria. And then the body recognized it, and he said his um, bladder infection had improved about 80 to 90% the next day, and the following day after that, it was gone. Yet he'd had it for a solid week, very, very badly. Um, That's just one weak example of some of the things that we see. And you've seen me. I mean, you can hear, you've you've heard about, uh, we've heard your story about the allergies and things like that. Well, I just, again, I just take the culprit, uh, the thing that's bothering them, and put it on the plate and and, uh, imprint it into the body. Yeah. And all of a sudden, their body recognizes and stops reacting to it. Now, it's not suppressing the body. We don't do this so the body will suppress it and not react to it. We, we imprint it in the body so the body can identify it and say, wait a minute, this isn't harmless, or this isn't harmful, so this is actually harmless. So I, 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 I'm going to stop hyper-reacting to it. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we need the body to recognize it. This is a bacteria. Hey, wait a minute. This is, a, this is harmful. Why am I hanging on to it? What am I just letting it sit in my body for? It should be out of here. Get out of here. Then all of a sudden the body starts to react on its own and, and eliminate it. So right. we don't know. We just introduce it to the body. So it's like you, Danielle, I'm going to introduce you to my friend uh, Maureen. Maureen, Danielle, Danielle, Maureen. Now, I didn't say, no, no, hug each other. Uh, give your phone number. You give your phone number. You call her at 6 o'clock. You call her at 6.05. I don't orchestrate a relationship. I just introduce It's up to you guys if you want to develop a relationship. That's all we're doing with the body. We don't manipulate the body. We're not changing the body or forcing it to accept something that shouldn't. We're just introducing it. When the body recognizes this, you're either good or bad. You shouldn't be here or you should be here. And the body adjusts itself. It's really quick. It's very safe and effective for even children. I get little two- and three-year-old, one-year-old kids coming in doing it. Mm -hmm. And uh, very safe. No side effects. Yeah, not at all. It's been amazing. I mean, our family in and of itself and our extended family and friends, I mean, anytime I hear somebody suffering with something, I say, you got to go see Dr. Rob. And uh, truly, you know, you said you want patients in and out and it's not a client thing. It truly, to me, it's a ministry what you guys are doing because really you're helping. um, The way I look at it is you're just helping bodies function the way that God intended them to really. Right. Um, 
without all of the exterior things, the stresses of the life of this life and all of that. And re- and I love how you're explaining everything. It's such a co- you're explaining such a complex um, thing in such simple terms for everybody to grasp and understand, which I love. Um, now you, you know, you're also, you have this amazing technology that I know you've told me before you started to research because you yourself had, um, had when you were younger, a severe intolerance. Um, and I think it was to dairy, right? And, That's right. um, and you were telling me that night oh, while you were eating a piece of cheese, cheesecake, ironically, which, uh, <laughs> <laughs> thanks for, Sharing that with everybody. <laughs> I hope your wife doesn't hear this podcast. <laughs> but um, yeah, so I mean, you have this technology that you offer to people, but you're also, um, you know, a naturopath, and you you have so much to say on um, health and wellness in general. So we've had some really interesting conversations where I've just be, um, been able to glean from you about health and wellness and how to. Um, you know, keep myself healthy, but also my family healthy. I know that there's a lot of moms listening who would love to just hear from some tips directly from a naturopath um, who might not be able to go and afford right now to, you know, get an appointment or something like that, but maybe you can give us some tips. Um, I know we've had some interesting conversations about, uh, water, about meat, about, um, you know, inflammation, limes. I'm throwing out a few different subjects. You can take one of them, one or two and run with them, but maybe you can give us some tips as, um, moms and just, you know, people in general who are listening, like how, what can we do, um, to help have, you know, give ourselves optimal health um, with our eating and our surroundings, the things that we're surrounded by. Okay. Well, the first thing that comes to mind when you mention those things is the, the important thing to know for all moms out there that are listening to this, the number one cause, and not just naturopaths who understand this, medical people will say the same thing. The number one cause of disease is inflammation. Inflammation. Okay. Well, causes inflammation. What causes inflammation is acid in the body. That is what causes inflammation. It's when the body's too acidic. You know if you're too acidic because you start getting mucus <clears throat> or blow it out through the nose. That means the body's eliminating acids and so that the body produces mucus to buffer the acid so it won't inter- irritate the tissue in the body. So it produces mucus to buffer that. So, but what causes that? The number one thing that causes inflammation in the body Before we continue, if you're liking what you're hearing and you want more, head over to patreon.com slash Macaulay's to support our ministry and keep us going. Now, let's get back to the conversation. The number one thing that causes inflammation in the body is sugar. Surprise, surprise. As much as we we don't don't want to hear that. Yeah. uh, it really sweetens life when you're feeling down. And my mom used to say, oh, you're upset about something. Here, here have a, have some ice cream or have a candy or have a chocolate bar or something. Oh, okay, suddenly I'm happy again. So she learned very quickly how to make me happy. <laughs> and uh, I love sugar, but I can't eat it much. I, and I'm, I'm not saying never eat sugar. 
I'm saying you've got to watch and eat it in moderation and watch the way you give things to kids and, and the kids, but that makes them happy. And I, I keeps them calm and they're not quiet, but their bodies, their little bodies are getting hooked on it. Sugar is one of the most addicting drugs there is. That's what it's touted as, as a drug. It's actually more addictive than cocaine. And so, and, and then those of you who are hooked on sugar will, will say, yes, I, I agree with that. Yeah. So, but it's, it's, listen, sugar itself is acidic. It, it forms acid inside the body. But then what the, when the sugar goes in the body, <clears throat> excuse me, the pancreas has to release something called insulin. It's a hormone that binds to the sugar and then escorts the sugar in the cell. But insulin itself has the same pH as battery acid. Oh, and yeah. people don't understand it. Why would the body produce something so acidic? That's what it is. We're just not supposed to have a lot of sugar for the body to do that. Uh, so the more sugar you require, the more sugar you consume, the more battery acid is being pumped into the body. And it causes a tremendous amount of inflammation. Cause, and what's the signs of inflammation? Uh, sore joints, stiff muscles, um, cramping, diarrhea, constipation, anything like that. Uh, the list goes on and on and on. I mean, inflammation is just is, is horrendous. And if the kids keep eating that, and more inflammation, more inflammation, more inflammation, then things happen down the road. You get arthritis, you get diabetes, you get cancer. Cancer is the the number one thing that cancer feeds off of sugar. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, it's a terrible news, and I don't want to say this, but according to the World Health Organization, half of the population, they say, will have, have had or will have some form of cancer by the year 2020. Wow. That's next year. Coming up, and at, yeah. And at the rate the people are coming in, it's staggering with cancer. And heaven forbid, I hope I never get that. So I try to do whatever I can to avoid stepping on the landmines. And the number one thing is I don't want to eat a lot of sugar because it will cause the inflammation. And when your body's in that acidic state, that's when cancer can take over because acid drives oxygen out of the cell and then that's when the cancer says, good, I can live. I can grow in here because cancer is anaerobic. It can't live where there's oxygen. So the more acid you supply, the more of a wonderful breeding ground cancer has in your body. So every time you have one teaspoon of sugar, one teaspoon of sugar will suppress your immune system for up to six hours. So not only are you providing a really good breeding ground for cancer, you are actually subduing or you're suppressing your immune system for up to six hours. That's just one teaspoon. Well, we very rarely stop at one teaspoon. A lot of people who drink coffee will throw a teaspoon in there. That's it. But they, we don't stop there. Then we'll go on to something and have a piece of bread. I don't eat a lot of sugar. Some people tell me I don't eat sugar, but I'll eat bread. Mm. And I, I mean, if you take the starch, we don't put this much, they don't put this much sugar in bread. But if you take a piece of bread, and when it goes into the body, that starch has to be broken down into sugar. And when it gets broken down into sugar, for one piece of bread, the amount of sugar that comes out of one piece of bread from the starch is two and a half bowls of ice cream worth of sugar. Oh, my goodness. Personally, I'd rather have the ice cream. But, yeah, really. But you get two and a half bowls of ice cream worth of one piece of bread. So you had two pieces of bread. That's equivalent to having five bowls of ice cream. And then, therefore, not only do you have the sugar coming out of that, you have all that insulin that's going to need to be secreted to break that down. Oh, come on now. 
I've had I've had sandwiches all my life, and and my parents had sandwiches, and everyone eats bread, 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 bread. I understand that, but we undergo a lot of things in our our daily uh, walk through life. We're we're submitted to we're we're, we're we're exposed to a lot of things and chemicals in the food and food additives and, and stress and all these other things are adding acid to the body. We don't need to be putting more in. I'm not saying never eat bread, but right. you've got to understand that. When I eat bread, it's going to be this much sugar. It's going to be this much inflammation because of the insulin. And that's just another thing. So I'm eating sugar and or a bowl of pasta. That may be about eight bowls of ice cream worth of sugar. Once oh. it converts to, from starch to sugar. And the other thing is dairy. Now, I don't yeah. want anyone listening to this who's in the dairy association. I don't want them coming down on me. I'm just going to tell you from st- from stats and from uh, clinical research that has been done on the dairy. There is, um, now my grandparents, I grew up in a, I worked on a dairy farm. Uh, my dad grew up in a dairy farm. My, my uh, grandfathers and their Parent, grandparents. So this has gone around for generations, and, and there are certain people groups from around the world that have been drinking milk for years and years and years. I'm not saying don't drink milk, but don't drink milk in excess. Now, in nutrition school, they'll tell you it's an allergenic protein. It consists of hormones and pesticides and herbicides and, and cow pus. What's that all about? Do you know that cows Udders get infected all the time, and the pus comes out the little the teats that they milk. Uh, I used to work on a dairy farm, and half the time my uncle would slap me, get up in the morning, go feed those cows, and I'd get downstairs, and I'd go to milk them, and uh, I always say he was too cheap to fix the milking machine, so we had to do it by hand. And there was this pus cap at the end of the teat that it would not allow. It's like having a glue bottle, and it's got hardened glue at the end of it, and it won't flow. Right. So you got to break off that pus cap. Well, you just can't break it off a cow she'll kick you. So what we have to do is take a warm cup of water and let the teat soak in the water until it's soft enough. Then we can we can um, work it off and wipe it away. And then the milk will flow through that. So after we finish milking the cow, and after I finish, you know, uh, take the bucket away, one little drop of milk would hit the concrete. My uncle would come along and say, hose that off. I thought, are you crazy? You're doing it for aesthetics? There's cow pee and diarrhea and straw and hay dust all over the floor. And you're worried about a drop of milk. And I was a teenager. I had a bad attitude. Like, get out of here. Don't bug me. And that was early in the morning, 4 o'clock in the morning. So I really didn't have a lot of patience. So at the end of the year, I'd see him down on his hands and knees troweling new cement under, like over top of where I would milk the cows or yeah. underneath where I'd milk the cows. And uh, I said, what are you doing? He goes, oh, I'm glad you asked. Come here. So he'd, he'd call me over and he'd start brushing this, the cement with his hand and wiping away sand and underneath the sand with these potholes and craters in the cement. I go, yeah, look at that. He goes, yeah, look at that. That's because you don't hose the milk off, what I tell you. Uh-oh. Because the lactic acid in the milk eats right through concrete. Uh-huh. And so if you're a farmer, you probably understand this. This is what you know farmers experience. Well, I... Uh, I, I, I learned a lesson from that because having too much dairy is very, very, very acidic in the body. So now you've got sugar, then you've got the insulin from the sugar, then you've got starchy carbohydrates, which break down to sugar and cause more acid. And now you've got the lactic acid in the dairy. Hmm. So another thing that you want to look at that nobody tells you in, in, in schools, 
And again, I don't want milk people upset with me. I'm not against milk, but you've got to understand something. Having it too much all the time, giving your kids dairy all the time. There is a hormone. Actually, before I even say that, there's a part of our immune system called tumor necrosis factor. I hope I'm not giving you too much information. I'm not scaring you. you, No, not at all. I think everyone's listening with wide ears. Yeah, go keep going. Okay, so there's a part of our immune system called tumor necrosis factor. Its job is to attack the fastest growing cells in the body. They go right after cancer cells. And do you know our bodies produce cancer cells on a weekly basis? Everybody's body does. But the immune system, tumor necrosis factors, it takes it off like little snipers, just and gobble up. Now, what about a newborn baby? All its cells are the fastest growing cells because it's rapidly growing. So, so it would start attacking all the healthy cells. Well, how do we stop that? You give it milk. Why? Because milk has a hormone in it called insulin-like growth factor. Now, that being set aside, yes, milk has calcium and has protein, helps build the bones. But insulin-like growth factor uh, turns off tumor necrosis factor. When you drink it or eat it in a form of cheese or whatever, yogurt, it will shut off the tumor necrosis factor the day you eat it. So that day, your body cannot fight off cancer cells. Wow. Do I have everyone's attention on this right now? I think you now? do. I think you yes. do. Yeah. So... So does that mean I can never have dairy? No, I didn't say that. So there's a gentleman, his name is Patrick Holford. He's one of the, uh, for the lack of a better explanation, I mean, we, we call him the, the nutritional guru of the world. I mean, he's based out of England, and he's, uh, he's an older gentleman, but he does a lot of experience, experiments in his clinics. And he says, we can predict exactly what disease somebody's going to die from in life. If you're real morbid, you can actually go on his website and find and do this test yourself. <laughs> but he says, we can we can predict exactly what someone's going to die from by what they eat on a daily basis. Yeah. And so if you have sugar or dairy on a daily basis, you will have cancer. Wow. This is what he said. And this yeah. is coming from him. And he's done the studies for years, and he's got laser accuracy. Um, this is never a popular subject, and I always get people angry with me when I say this. So, again, it's not that you can't have it. But you have to be responsible enough to say, am I eating too much? Am I having this stuff every day? Don't eat things every day. Mm-hmm. Give yourself a break from it. Yeah, but where's, where am I going to get the calcium from my kids? Well, mm-hmm. I, I always say, where do cows get calcium from? You know, yeah. they, you know, they don't drink milk when they're adults. You get to a certain point. You know, when you're, you're taking milk and the teeth start coming in, you start growing teeth, that's at the time our little bodies say, okay, I guess it's time to go from baby food. Now God wants us to go to solid food. So it starts shutting off the enzymes to digest milk to move you on to solid food so you can start eating solid food. And so, you know, we're not really supposed to have dairy and past when our teeth come in, but we're the only species on planet Earth, and I'm talking animals and all mammals, we're the only species that continues drinking milk into adulthood, but we continue drinking it as, as adults, but we're not really supposed to. We don't. Now, milk is basically, from a cow, is designed to build a 900-pound heifer in nine months. That's, if that's not our uh, objective in life, maybe we shouldn't be doing that. But um, it's, it's, you've got to understand that it is an allergenic protein. It's got consistent, you know, but it's so good 
Mm-hmm. And it, it's it makes food so taste so good, but we just got to be wise about it, and we shouldn't have it every single day. So, in a nutshell, we eat too much sugar. We have too many starchy carbohydrates, and some guys say, "I don't eat all that stuff." Do you have any beer? Mm. One one can of beer is equivalent to sixteen teaspoons of sugar when your body breaks the starch down from a bottle of beer. That's even more than a can of Coke. A can of Coke's like eleven to thirteen. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, you well, know, these guys walk around with these big, what they call Molson muscle, or we call them <laughs> fuel tank for love machine guts on them. But that really is from, um, a lot of it's from beer and things like that. But we just got to watch. So the things that I would say to wrap this up, you you just got to watch your sugar. You got to watch your uh, starchy carbohydrates. and You got to watch your dairy. And yeah. don't give too much of that stuff to your kids, although it's so tasty and kids love it and makes them feel happy. Yeah. And I mean, the things that you're saying, I know you're saying they're not popular things. And now these aren't the things that you're going to hear the government saying quite as much. You're not going to see it on TV. There's going to be commercials for mm, the body's milk does the body good and, you know, things like that. But, um, you know, your case is very convincing. And and I will say to the listeners out there, we our family has um, taken these things that Dr. Rob has said, um, for example, the no dairy yeast sugar, you might think, is this possible to eliminate these things from our diet? Absolutely. And I will tell you right now, my seven-year-old, we are doing, um, so right now we're recording uh, the week back to, uh, before back to school. And um, this is the second or third time I think we've done this. Um, it's called a yeast cleanse or a candida cleanse upon your suggestion where we eliminate uh, yeast from our body. And um, in particular, my seven-year-old who, you know, would just kind of be um, extra, um it just seems like the cold and flu bug would just hit him extra, especially the winter season. Um, and you suggested this a couple of years ago to us, Dr. Rob. And man, to our amazement, we tried it. And first of all, to our amazement, my seven-year-old ate no dairy, no sugar, and no yeast for an entire month. And right now, it's been 12 days that he hasn't had any, uh, you know, tradition like uh, refined sugar. He's had a little bit of, um, you know, things here and there. But um, we've, it's been amazing how when we do that and eliminate those things from our body, like you say, the immune system has a chance to beef up. And um, when we did this last January with Brayden, uh, for the rest of the school year, him surrounded by, uh, you know, snotty six-year-olds in his class, he did not get another cold. He was able to fight it off, and it was truly remarkable, and the proof is in the pudding. So, you know, you're hearing what Dr. Rob's saying, but also hear what I'm saying, that when we do this, um, there's dramatic results for sure. And sometimes it can be instant, and other times it's just something that's a long-term thing for our long-term health, right? So how do you get a calcium replacement then if you're not having dairy? Wow. I mean, uh, let's see. Let's talk about all the, you know, the nuts, seeds, legumes, uh, the spinach, the kale, the all of the stuff, smoothies that we can throw stuff in. Um, it, it comes in many different forms, correct? Right. Cows eat grass. I'm not going to suggest you go and eat grass, but I mean, green leafy vegetables. <laughs> if you take, let's say, a cup of broccoli and a cup of milk, there's actually more calcium in a cup of broccoli than there is a cup of milk. Ah, but my kid won't eat broccoli. He eats broccoli. All right. Let's look at uh, something that's actually very doable for kids. They may not have a they may have a peanut allergy, let's say, 
but they can do almond milk, almond butter. Almond butter is really good and it's easy for kids to take. Yeah. And there's something else you can do. You can go and get uh, at the same health food store. You can get something called tahini. Yeah. All it is is ground up sesame seeds. Yeah. Do you know that you can take uh, a level tablespoon of of uh, sesame seeds, and they're ground up into a paste. You can just mix it with the almond butter and put it on an apple, uh, yeah. apple pieces or slices or a celery stick, and it tastes really, really good. But a, the level tablespoon of these sesame seeds is equivalent to the same calcium in two glasses of milk and the same protein as an eight-ounce steak. Wow. I mean, we don't realize it, but there's some really great nutritious things out there. Yeah. And when you, I think, you know, when you just add, when you do these things slowly, it doesn't have to be dramatic, but when you implement uh, different changes, it's amazing how our taste buds adjust. You know, I can think of when we've done a candida cleanse and rice, uh, rice milk was actually sweet to us. It tasted like a sweet drink going down. And my, you know, my son, he has banana and, uh, almond butter or peanut butter, and it's a treat to him. It's truly remarkable. Um, you know, so it can be done. It absolutely can. And what you're saying is we don't have to be drastic, drastic, and we have to just make consistent, wise choices and not do uh, excessive amounts of these things. So, exactly. oh man, I feel like I could talk to you all day long about this stuff. I'm just, you know, I'm truly, I've said the word fascinated already, but I'm fascinated by all of this stuff. Hmm. And, you know, we didn't get to, I think I'm going to have to have you back for another pa- podcast. We didn't get to meat and cancer and all this stuff. I, before you go quickly, so we've, you know, we've, we've gotten a few different lessons that we can take away for ourselves and for our kids and families. I just want you to um, just do a quick, brief um, summary about Lyme disease, because there are so many people out there walking around with limes that don't even know it. We've learned about that. It just manifests in so many different ways. And you, I've actually, I know people that you've um, treated and um, I just want you to share with the listeners quick about um, all the revelations you, you've had about Lyme and then we'll wrap up. Well, first off, you need to understand, I don't treat Lyme disease. I can't treat Lyme disease, but they come in with Lyme okay. and people are reporting back that they're getting better. Um, but I, what we try to do is help their body recognize the Lyme right. and, or the co-infections. Uh, it could be uh, streptococcobacteria, it could be Borrelia, it could be Bartonella, whatever. And um, when the body's able to recognize it, then the immune system can go to work and start fighting against it and also to keep the body very, very alkaline. But here's the one important thing to understand um, that we're told that uh, the body is strictly, uh, or or I should say you can get Lyme just from strictly getting a tick bite. And then maybe we're told maybe you can get it through mosquito bites or whatever. But according to the Center Disease Control, they say that uh, there's a big heading on their sheet, and it said, hunters. Now, I'm going to let you read between the lines on this, but uh-huh. hunters, um, be, watch how you handle the carcasses, wash your hands and your equipment very well, and uh, what, and make sure that you cook the meat well done, or mm. you'll get Lyme disease, or you'll have Lyme disease. That's what it says in the Center Disease Control. Wow. So, um, I, I thought that was interesting because my doctor didn't wasn't aware of that. We're just thinking we see, we're going to get a, a tick bite. How many of us? Now, now they're talking about hunters. What are hunters? Hunters are using, uh, you know, they're 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 hunting deer or elk or moose or boar or whatever. 
But do you think ticks actually stop at the fence of a, um, a farmer and say, hang on, guys, hold on, whoa, 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 don't, don't go beyond this. Is, this is uh, a farmer's property. We're supposed to only bite, or bite these uh, elk and moose and boar, and we're not supposed to touch cows or sheep or goats or anything. I'm right. Just, no one said this, but I'm, I'm thinking it out loud here. Now, I used to work on the farm, and we'd pull ticks off cows all the time, but that was in the early 70s. Now most ticks, especially the black-legged ticks, the deer ticks, are loaded with lime. And it's a it's an epidemic. So it's almost like a pandemic. Um, thousands and thousands and thousands of people are getting bit by, you know, ticks, or they're getting these rashes, a bullseye rash on them. If you ever get that, go to your doctor right away. Um, but to to notice some of the other symptoms of Lyme, Lyme loves many different areas in the body, but it loves five specific areas. It loves the the joints. It goes for your knees and neck, and um, it, it especially knees and neck especially, but also shoulders, hips, um, causes cavities, uh, you know, weird sensations, weird um, gum problems, sensitive teeth, whatever. So it loves the physical and it also loves the nervous system. So if you find everybody, you know, anybody that has a numbness, tingling in their body, shaking, trembling sensations, muscle okay. twitching. Uh, that's and could even cause anxiety, depression, ringing in the ears, buzzing, sensitivity to light, anything like that. Uh, it, it also affects your energy, wipes out your energy. You're tired all the time, and also sleep. I can't sleep. It's just every. I just can't. No matter how exhausted I am, I can't seem to sleep. And lastly, it just loves the gastrointestinal tract. I, I, I don't know what it is. A glass of water will bloat me. Everything seems to bloat me lately, or upset my stomach. So those are some common symptoms that people have. And if you get that, you should really get professional help to to see about that and and see if you can get some help on that. We do have a tremendous amount of people come in, and I see on average about thirty people a week come in with those symptoms. Wow. Yes, it's incredible how many people that I hear that are that are having these symptoms or, or getting Lyme disease, and a lot of them come and they get tested, and they say, you know, there's a place called uh, in California, they they get the doctor to send the blood work in there. It's from uh, it's called Igenix Labs, and there's another one in in Germany that they do testing for uh, Lyme disease, and it's called Armin Labs. But the medical system doesn't seem to have the proper testing ability to find out if you truly have Lyme or not. So, right. But if they can send them off to these, these uh, labs, either Igenix or Armin Labs, they will tell you they've got the most accurate form of, uh, of uh, Lyme test in the world. And you, but you can also see yourself with your testing. And most of the time people are coming in and they have no idea it's Lyme because it's masked in so many different different ways you say um and they might have not ever had a tick a tick bite but um you're saying you know it can enter the body through meat or through even mm. maybe eggs or something like that um that they're completely unaware of That's right. um, and people are just walking around with this in their body and completely unaware and um it's uh it's truly it's just interesting that they're you know you're you're calling it a pandemic really it's, um, it, it's becoming one if it's not already Wow. Well, okay. So I know right away and I could keep asking questions. You're just going to have to come back and do another one of these, but I know um, there are going to be many people listening who are a probably going to contact me. They're going to send me a message and say, tell me about this guy more. I've got this going on. 
I've got this going on and I think he could help. And then, you know, for, so first of all, tell us uh, where we can find you, your web address, your, your, um, you know, your, your clinic's uh, website, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And, um, and how we can reach you if we have questions about um, what you do and um, even just questions about this podcast and what we've been um, chatting about. Um, we'll definitely um, end it there, but I know the conversation is going to continue after this once people are listening. Yeah. Uh, well, you can find us on the web. We're at uh, INHT, that's Institute of Natural Health Technologies, uh, .ca, or there's even a better one if you want to really understand BIE and explain it. It's called BIE Clinics with an S, BIE Clinics dot CA. Okay. Uh, uh, we have a toll-free number. It's one eight seven seven three nine three seven seven zero zero. I'll say that again: one eight seven seven three nine three seven seven zero zero. And uh, you, you, if you have, uh, you live in a specific area. Uh, we don't cover all the states. Um, most provinces we do in Canada, but you can call us and uh, at that number. And one of the girls at the talks to you on the desk uh, phone, she'll be able to give you the list of a, a practitioner near you. Awesome. Awesome. Wow. Well, I, okay. So I know I've said the words wow and fascinating, like over and over again to the point of, of you know, annoyance to all of our listeners, but truly what you have to say is, it's just, there's a wow factor in it. And it's, um, I know you're a doctor, but I feel like, um, again, it's just a ministry what you do. And I feel like God's just kind of imparted so much uh, wisdom and so much of his knowledge into you and you're using it to help change our family's life and um, many people out there. So thank you so much for just taking this time um, to share with our listeners uh, just how they can uh, be proactive to keep themselves and their their family healthy. And then again, I strongly urge you, if you're dealing with anything in the software of your body, as Dr. Rob calls it, um, uh, and you maybe you've, you've seeked, um, you know, your uh, other doctors and, and you haven't had any um, resolution, maybe uh, Dr. Rob and his technology is something for you. So thank you again, Dr. Rob. I'm sure I'll be seeing you soon because we're kind of junkies. So thank you so much. Perfect. Thank you so much for having me. It was a if you want to learn more about all that Dr. Rob has to offer and how he could help treat you or a loved one, visit bieclinics.com. I hope you've been encouraged, challenged, and have learned something new today. It is my passion to help women become the best version of themselves with God's help. All the ministry we do, we feel deeply called to, and we live by faith doing it. Would you consider supporting our ministry at patreon.com slash macaulays? That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot c-o-m slash m-a-c-a-u-l-a-y-s. You may see a link on your screen nearby if you're tuning in using YouTube, SoundCloud, or my website. But if not, that's where you can go to find us. We are grateful for every one of you who believe in us and champion our ministry. Lots and lots of love. Danielle.